folks, Ryan with wrestling changed my life here. We've all heard the saying, summer wrestling makes winter champions. Well, that couldn't be more true in this day and age. And the Spartan Combat Nationals coming up this April 8th through the 10th in Jacksonville, Florida. A fantastic way to get your offseason started. You can wrestle freestyle, beach, Greco, folk style, in a dual tournament, all under one weigh-in. It's going down April 8th through the 10th in Jacksonville, Florida. Check it out now at SpartanCombat.com. So in wrestling, you know, there's, it's just you versus the other guy. There's no one else to take the blame or the credit for the outcome of the match. And at the end of the day, you have to be able to look in the mirror and be like, you know, did I prepare the best that I could? We can endure anything and adapt and pivot and change. Wrestling gave us that ability. I would say nothing in life has impacted me more than the things wrestling has taught me in terms of self-reflection, resilience. Toughness. Some guys have it, some guys don't. Adversity, 100%. How to pick myself up and be a man after I failed. And everything that has shaped my life and where I'm at today would not be there without the values and basically the lessons I've learned through the sport of wrestling. For me, wrestling saved my life because it, it allowed me to focus and channel my energy. We're fortunate if you wrestled because if you wrestled, natural talent helps, but it's, it's 5% of the ingredient. It pales in comparison to heart and technique and effort. It humbled me, taught me humility. Nothing can hit, humble you more than wrestling. I think it's the learning to adapt, right? You learn, you learn how to adapt, you learn how to solve problems. You know, if I look back my time, I spent wrestling. If it gave me one thing more than anything else, it's mental toughness. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Wrestling Changed My Life podcast. This is your host, Ryan Warner. Our guest today is Alex Meyer, former Iowa Hawkeye All-American, who's currently in med school, and this whole episode's focused on Alex using his wrestling career to, to get through med school and navigate the rigors that he encountered there. So awesome conversation. Thank you to Philip Laux for helping make this episode possible. Fan of the week goes to Wayne Tamala. That's at Wayne Tamala on Twitter. Just a fantastic advocate of the show. Always giving us love. Thank you so much, Wayne. We appreciate it. And that's it, folks. Let's give it up for this conversation with Alex Meyer. Peace. All right, Alex Meyer, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me on, Ryan. Yes, sir, man. I'm so excited to chat about your career, post-wrestling, pre-wrestling, and uh, you know, let's just start with the basics, man. You're, you're in your last year of medical school at Iowa, is that right? Yep, finishing up my fourth year of medical school here at Iowa. I uh, graduated in six weeks and uh, headed down to Duke University in North Carolina for orthopedic surgery residency for the next five years. Congrats, man. So five more years, five more years, but I still, I start getting paid a little bit. It's not a lot, but I get paid something. So that's good. So man, that is crazy. The amount of a uh, school you have to go through for that. Is this something you've always wanted to do? Go to, go to med school, go down this route. Yeah. Um, I think it kind of went back to, it, well, it all started when I had a knee injury back in high school. Um, got the opportunity to shadow the local orthopedic surgeon after you know he had operated on my knee twice um it kind of started this interest in medicine and then i was like you know i just decided i was going to go to medical school as a sophomore junior in high school um 
then when I was getting recruited to wrestle at Iowa, Tom set me up with one of the uh, orthopedic docs that was working with the team at the time. And we just, you know, had lunch. Uh, he let me shadow him a little bit. And I was like, you know, like orthopedics is, is super cool and um, was definitely interested in it and uh, definitely played a big role in, you know, why I went to Iowa, knowing that I had that support to go on to medical school and the opportunity to do that. Um, even, you know, the, from the first first day before I even stepped on campus, that I had the support from the coaching staff and the opportunities to um, pursue those dreams and, uh, you know, maybe pass up on some other more prestigious universities, uh, you know, when I'm thinking about going the medical school route, going to University of Iowa and getting the best of both worlds with the wrestling and being able to uh, accomplish uh, going to medical school once I'm done. And so what other schools were you looking at coming out of high school? Because you were a couple time placer, state champ for Southeast Polk. So uh, I'm sure you were getting some looks. Yeah. So I think so the ones I visited was uh, Iowa State, uh, Iowa, um, Northwestern, Missouri and uh, Old Dominion. And then uh, Princeton came to my house, talked with Stanford some. Um, I think that was kind of the big ones um but i knew i wanted to be on a really good team and go somewhere that i could uh also go to medical school once i was done yeah northwestern would be uh i mean that that's obviously a great school but like you said when you get into iowa you feel like uh you have just like such a group of of alumni around you and you know all you hear about is that iowa's you know the hospitals and the medical school so like where does the iowa medical school rank out out there like the top 20 top 100 yeah, I think so. I think, you know, there's a bunch of those rankings and stuff. I'd say it's probably top 40, top 50, easily in kind of that top third or middle, middle top third. So very solid. You know, it's the only medical, only MD school in the state. There's one other DO school in Des Moines, but we get a lot, a lot. We train a lot of uh, the doctors that uh, stay in Iowa. So most, a lot of them have come to the University of Iowa. And what's the, uh, so once you graduate from Iowa, what's like the applicant process to get into med school? Is that a whole beast in itself? Yeah. So that was, uh, quite a journey for myself. So, uh, once you, so if you're going to go to medical school, you have to take the MCAT, uh, you have to go through the application process and, uh, pay a bunch of application fees. And then you have to write a bunch of secondary, ap secondary applications for each school. Um, and then if you're lucky enough, then you get an interview, go through that process. And then, uh, We'll hopefully get accepted usually kind of in the spring before the the next school year comes around and uh so for me i was i wrestled uh for redshirted wrestled for four years but planning on going right into medical school went through that whole application process uh got one single interview uh here at the university of iowa um, after applying to like you know 15 or 20 schools and went got my one interview went through that process ended up just so the week between Big Tens and Nationals, my senior year, I just got an email that says, sorry, we can't offer you a spot. I was like, oh, okay. Dang. So got rejected my first time, uh, finished up wrestling, had to come up with a plan. And you know that I, I didn't have a plan B. I was going to go to medical school no matter what it took, what, how, what I had to do. I was, that's what I was going to do. Um, so I met with some really good people here at the University of Iowa. Uh, college of medicine uh talked to uh some people within the program and you know what am i going to do for the next year getting ready to reapply and one of the biggest things that really helped me 
was I met with the admissions people here and we reviewed my application. They said I didn't interview very well, um, which actually was not that big of a surprise because being more of a you know kind of quiet, laid back kind of person, I, I don't, don't think I really sold myself uh, on like, you know, what I've done through my four or five years in college, um, balancing athletics as well as academics. Um, and also I remember it was, we were like interviewing in like late October, kind of right as the season was getting going. And I remember like in the like group waiting room, there's just a whole bowl of candy. And I was like, man, I just want some candy. And like, you know, <laughs> you, you're starting to get that, you know, you're starting to just kind of get into that season where you're, you know, not eating as much, you're shrinking your body down a little bit. And I was like, that's not a great place to be when you're trying to interview and be super personable and friendly and, uh, you know, kind of outside of your comfort zone, something that didn't really come naturally for me. So, so you had to wait that long though, from you interview in October and you don't hear nothing yeah. until March and then it hits you right before the big dance. Yep. So <sighs> just waiting the whole time. Um, and then, you know, right between big tens and nationals got that email. Um, didn't really think much of it and then kind of dealt with it after. And then the other thing that, so addressing that, you know, that's kind of like the biggest weakness on my application that they, from their perspective. Um, so I was talking to Paul Glenn, uh, senior, uh, Paulie Glenn was on, on the team at the time and he works for striker. And I know he was on the, the best, podcast best of the best a long bro. time ago. Absolute um, legend. And he's like, you know, I do, all I do is talk to people, salespeople, all that type of stuff. He's like, let's get your interview tuned up. So, you know, we started meeting, uh, kind of once I got through that, the ne next application process, getting ready, got a, uh, one single interview again, just at the University of Iowa. And I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to nail this interview. Um, and so we had, we had my story ready to go. I knew kind of the questions they were going to ask since I'd done it just a year before, um, you know, tell my story, why I'm going to be a great physician using, you know, my experiences that I think are very unique compared to the other applicants of uh, competing at a high level. Um, especially in a sport like wrestling, where um, I think it uniquely pre prepares you for medical school. I just had to really tell my story. And um, I think I, I nailed that interview and ended up, I got, okay. So I got on the wait list second time, Thir number 13 on the wait list when that really? March came around the second time. So I was like, all right, like, I think I'm in, but we don't know yet. So I had to wait till May and I like inched up the wait list checked it every couple of days. And then finally in May, I got accepted and started school in August. Dang, dude, that's a crazy journey to get there. Now, what, first of all, who's better than Paul Glenn? I mean, what a guy, coolest <laughs> he's, guy. He's ever. a great guy. And then, then we did, we did something very similar when I started prepping for residency interviews. Um, just, you know, telling my story, telling, you know, why I'm unique and, you know, selling myself. So I think he, he, he was a, big impact on my application and, uh, you know, setting me up for success. Yeah. He's a guy, you just talk to him. You feel good about yourself. He's a, just, he's the man. Um, exactly. love you, Paul Glenn. Um, so let's go back to what, what about the MCAT? When are you studying for that? Like the summer going into your senior year? Like when do you take that? Yeah. So you usually take it like six to 12 months before you apply. So I took it, I studied for a whole summer uh, between my third and fourth year at Iowa. Um, so I just kind of lived at the library and just during the summer, just studied and took practice tests and 
uh, did all right. I didn't really know what I was getting into at that point. Mm-hmm. Like I knew I want to go to medical school. I needed, knew I needed to take the MCAT, but I didn't really know like how well I needed to do. They're like, just do the best you can. But I, I don't know if I prepared as much as some of the other classmates just because I didn't know. Yeah. Um, you know, there's not a whole, there was, there wasn't a whole lot of other pre-meds on the team that I knew or around the athletic department. Like, so I was just kind of winging it on my own, coming up with my own plan. And so you, you, you do well enough on that. And then, so after you didn't get into medical school the first year and leading up to applying the second time, did you like retake it or change anything or just your interview is the main thing you were changing? Yeah. So I uh, met with the admissions people and they're like, you know, it's, it's okay. It's not great, but I don't know if taking it again would help you too much. So I I didn't take it. Um, And then other things I did during that year, uh, I was wrestling for the hockey wrestling club, um, getting paid a little bit. So I at least had some income coming in and then I did some shadowing and some research just to uh, be really involved in another just connection from athletics. I worked with uh, our, our primary care team doc, Dr. Peterson, had some research going on he's like yeah i've got some extra research money i'll pay you to do all this work i was like done like i, I was doing uh research on youth football injuries so i was like calling uh third and fourth grade flag football coaches and like getting them to fill out their forms <laughs> and track and all these uh kids from eastern iowa and western illinois got it so you're just you're staying involved as much as you can you're staying kind of in the community and then like the day of that interview, man, were you like, were you feeling good or were you feeling like, uh, like Thursday morning at the national tournament kind of feeling? I was, I was nervous, but I felt so much more prepared at that point. Um, knowing like the preparation that I had done was going to pay off. At least I thought it was and, uh, knew that there was nothing else that I could do. You know, the first time I'd never, I'd never really interviewed for anything important at that point. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, I didn't really know what to expect, but the second time around, I, I prepared really well. I knew what to expect. And I, I felt like I was going to uh, nail it. And I think, I think I did. So. And boom, you get in, bro. What is it like the first semester? Is it just absolute chaos or were you more prepared than you thought you were? Um, absolute chaos. I would say, I would say the first semester it's different for everybody, but for me, the first semester was the very toughest. I think each year medical school has gotten progressively better. I've enjoyed medical school a lot, but each year is better than the last. Um, that first semester can be rough. Um, so, you know, in college, you're in like 12 or 14 credit hours as an athlete. We were in 25 every semester oh. for our medical credits. So it's, it's just like you're doing like a whole semester's worth of work in six or eight weeks. Oh, my um, God. And then so I, I get in. Our very first test, uh, I did pretty well. I got like 95. And I was like, you know, I'm at med school is easy. I'm going to just cruise through this, crush it all. No problem. Um, second, so did, did, did well on the first one. Second one comes around a uh, whole month of biochem. And there's like a, a notorious uh, biochem professor has been there forever. He's taught every medical student that's come through uh, University of Iowa for like the past 50 years. It's like like the, the toughest part of med school, I would say, mm-hmm. get, get to that second test, got a 55, Oof. completely failed it. I was like, Oh, you know, that's really, can you have down. many of those before you're like, welcome, not welcome back. Or like, well, how does yeah, that work? So, so you just have to pass each class. Um, you don't have to pass each test. So I got, got a 55 on that, that second test. And then we have another biochem test. And I was like, you know, that's not going to happen again. I studied a lot harder for that one. I uh, got like a 75. So I'm, you know, I'm in, 
I'm in the range to pass. I'm not going to get honors, which is like the top grade for medical school. There's honors, near honors, and then pass and fail. So, you know, I'm comfortably going to pass. And then when it came to the fourth and final test, it's like, you know, I'm going to pass all right, but should I study as hard as I can or should I just skate by? And I I made a decision. I was like, I'm going to study really, really hard and do the best that I can because, you know, at the end of the day, one thing I really never want to do is feel like that that I had more to give and I didn't give that effort. So fourth test came around I got like a 95 again and you know kind of proved myself you know yeah you deserved you belong here you can handle that stuff and then you know getting through that class I was like you know I mean I'm not going to do that again I'm not gonna fail a test I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, be perfect the rest of the preclinical coursework and you know I was from from that class on I uh, honored every single uh, class in medical school up until our rotations Love so it, man. The, Get the next that, best thing, right, Doug? Exactly. That's yep. what they say. That's what Coach Brains is big on. One speed bump, and then I was like, never again. So just crushed the rest of it and studied way harder than I'd ever studied in undergrad. But I think it paid off. Now, is it intimidating you get in there because, you know, you're a, you're a Hawkeye, All-American. You've been through the most rigorous training, but you get in there with some of these these quote unquote brainiacs and all these people have done their whole life is studying. So are you a little intimidated at the get go on like if you belong or not a little imposter syndrome or were you feeling good from the jump? A little bit of imposter syndrome, I guess, you know, like, you know, these are people that have a lot of different experiences than I did. You know, they're top of their class all the way through undergrad or like high school, uh, undergrad, all that stuff. And I was like, you know, I can do that too. You know, I was, did pretty well in high school, uh, did pretty well in college. And I was like, you know, I, I belong here. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I, I wanted to compete against them. I just took the same mentality that I did in the wrestling room that, you know, these are, uh, we're here to make each other better. I think one thing we do really good job here at, uh, university of Iowa medical school is like working together and being collaborative and, uh, improving each other. So it's, you know, you're not trying to like be cutthroat with each other and push each other down, but you, push each other to be better. So I, I thought it was a really good fit and took my mentality. And I think it, it worked well. And are you in medical school? Is it when you're doing like these like crazy, like 48 hour shifts or is that more residency when you're kind of in there working like a, just an animal? Yeah. So medical school set up, uh, at least here we do a year and a half in the classroom. So just, you know, lectures, studying, stuff like that. And then we do one year of rotations where we kind of ro- have to rotate through like all the subspecialties, so like pediatrics, general surgery, OB, uh, gen, uh, internal medicine, stuff like that. And then the last year and a half is elective. So that's where you fit in, like doing a couple months on orthopedic surgery, or if you want to go into neurology, doing some more electives in that, or, you know, whatever you, you think you're going to go into. Um, and so as a student, you're, you can work up to 28 hours. So it's 24 plus four, you have 24 hours where you're on call or working. And then four hours where you're finishing up stuff. And I think, I believe that's the same for residency. It's, it's a uh, law, like that's, a, that's the laws, a maximum of 28 hours. Got it. Okay. And so basically once you were done, so as you're winding down medical school, you start applying for residency and what was that process like? And like, how'd you yeah. pick Duke? I mean, that's, that's a you know, prestigious as it gets. Yep. Um, so getting ready for residency. Uh, knew I want to do orthopedic surgery, uh, thought I want to do orthopedic surgery at the start of medical school, just confirmed it on my way through. Um, so I was all in on ortho, 
Uh, I applied uh, like somewhere in the 80s of programs all over the country. 80s. What? <laughs> it, it's crazy. It's super, super competitive. Uh, it's pretty normal. 80s to 100 programs. Uh, How long like does that pretty... take just to apply to 80 residency programs? Uh, about five seconds. All you do is click them all and then hit, pay some money and hit submit. Oh, is that it's, it? Okay. It's, it's, gotcha. Yeah. It's just, a, just, there's like a website. So one, one okay. system, just click them, pay money and they'll, they'll take all the money that you'll give them. <laughs> so what's um, that process of vetting like? Yeah. So you, you apply with your, your med school grades, your rotation comments, evaluations, your board scores, research, stuff like that. Um, they offer interviews, uh, this year we did all virtually. So like November, December, January, um, was interviewing, um, got a decent amount of interviews. So I felt good about my chances of matching. Um, and, uh, Duke in particular. So you also, for orthopedics, a lot of times people will do an away rotation. So they'll go to, uh, another institution for a month, uh, rotate on their services, get to know the program, uh, get to learn and work with the, the people there. Um, so I was interested in Duke because uh, Dr. Amendola, who was the previous team physician for Iowa Wrestling, uh, left here in 2012, right? At, I was coming in, he was on his way out and he went to Duke. So I knew he was down there and heard really good things about him. Uh, one of my other mentors uh, from, call, like from undergrad that I did some research and shadowing with, uh, he trained there and was on faculty at Iowa and then went back there to be staff at Duke and he really liked the university of the area. So like, you know, I'll go uh, check it out, see what it's about. Uh, looking at residency programs, I didn't want to go to a major city. I didn't want to go to Boston or New York City or California, uh, maybe even Chicago. So I, I was looking at, you know, really good programs in smaller size cities. So, you know, Iowa City is a good one, Durham, Duke, and a couple others were on my, my short list. So went down there, really liked the people, um, really liked you know, how they set up their program. Um, they have a ton of former athletes, you know, the, the residents were just like, you know, people that I could get along with, uh, that I thought were very similar to me, people that would push me to become better, um, to become the best surgeon that I could. And, you know, they were, they had a really good track record and, uh, could really see myself living, uh, in Durham, my wife and I, and our dog would be very comfortable there. So, um, it kind of met everything that we were looking for. I'd been in Iowa City for a really long, for 10 years, almost 10 years now. Um, really liked the program here as well. Uh, considered, you know, trying to stay here. Um, but at, at the end of the day, it was just like, you know, I, I think we need to, you know, try somewhere else out, see what it has to offer and uh, see, see where life takes us. So pretty excited to head down to Duke, uh, work with uh, all the residents and faculty down there and uh, hopefully get some really good orthopedic surgery training. Now, how's the, uh, how, how's the hunting out in North Carolina? I know you're a, you're a, you're a, you're a hunt, you're a hunter from what I read. Do you, uh, do you still get out there pretty often or? Um, not as much as I used to, uh, try to go deer season with my family, uh, on our uh, family ground up in Northern Iowa. Um, that's about it of the hunting that I've done recently. Definitely no rabbits um, in the uh, last few years. See, that's so funny. I didn't know that was uh, that was your class. That whole situation. Um, <laughs> now you know who's an orthopedic surgeon, uh, Eric Tannenbaum. He wrestled for Michigan in the in the two thousands, and uh, he's from Illinois. Just an absolute hammer, and he's yep. a, an orthopedic surgeon now in Central Indiana. And uh, he was telling me, you know, there's a there's the Dan Gable quote that 
once you've wrestled, everything's easy. And he was like, until you get to med school, uh, he's yeah. like, <laughs> he thought that was a little bit harder. How would you, how would you compare it, man? Cause you went through the absolute grind there, uh, with the, with the brands brothers. Yeah, I think I, I agree with him. Um, you know, people, when I got into medical school, like so many people were telling me, oh, med school will be so easy after you wrestled at Iowa and stuff. And I was like, you know, as I was getting into it, I was like, they're full of crap. Like that, that's such a lie. Like this stuff, this stuff's hard. Um, and uh, we had multiple team meetings, like pre-practice meetings with uh, where Tom would get up and talk. And he brought up that quote multiple times. And he said it's a, he, he says that it's a misquote from uh, Coach Gable, where it's actually supposed to be once you've wrestled, everything else in life is easier. Mm. Um, so he he claims that it's a misquote, but you know it's it's gotten <laughs> a lot of publicity, and you know who knows what he actually said. But you know I I definitely don't subscribe to once you've wrestled, everything's easy. I think easier is more accurate, and I think Tom would agree with that. And that's what we talked about uh, multiple times as a team. Coach Brands correcting a correcting the quote there because that 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 quote's been printed by ASICs and about a million posters and I, I think yep. I had it in my room growing up. Um, and if you think back to your your time in Iowa, I had heard just through another podcast you did that for whatever reason your first semester on campus it was a real vicious weight training and running program, and uh, that you had like felt that you had. Sorry about that. And that you had felt that you were, you know, on a good program in high school, but then you get there and like, you just had no idea that workouts could be that challenging. What was it like your first semester in there? Yeah, I think, um, I think for me, the weight training was definitely like the biggest welcome to college type, uh, moment. You know, we were just, we lifted so hard compared to what we had done in high school. Um, and I think that coupled with, the the preseason runs which are they're they're tough like we were in great great shape before the season even started um and i think you know both coupled together your body's just not used to that level of uh volume um so i remember just being super sore after some of those lifts uh luke lofthouse is our strength coach and he he made us get after it and so we we were we lifted hard you know i've heard that like io wrestlers are also small and we need to invest in strength and conditioning is like we we lift we, we lift a lot and then you know we had travis rudd did a really good job once i was last couple of years in the program and now they i got a different guy in there now so I, they, they lift we, we lifted hard and was uh, it a we, five we, day we were, a week thing or how, what was like the routine usually it was i think it was three days a week um and then it, it changes through the through the season so like you know in the when school starts, we were running, I think three days a week, whatever the maximum is for the rules and contact hours and all that NCAA stuff. And then we would lift in the mornings. Got it. Okay. And so is that something where coach brands is like in there with you going through those, or is it more like strength and conditioning coach doing his thing? Yeah. So like our, our lifts, it would usually be strength and conditioning coach would be putting us through uh, Tom and Terry would a lot of times be working with, uh, guys putting them through drills so like if you lifted like Monday Wednesday Friday you might come in for a drill on Tuesday or Tuesday Thursday or you know everyone's schedule is a little bit different but a lot a lot of the mornings uh, Tom and Terry and Morning Star and uh, we had Ben Burhow there uh, Bobby Telford uh, would be working with guys individually on the mat usually in the mornings. And what was your journey from, so you come in you red shirt you're up at 184 and then you end up coming down to 174 have some pretty good Midlands performances, but like, what was your path in the lineup? Who'd you have to get through? 
Yeah, so I came in, I wrestled 170 in high school, through those lifting workouts, I, you know, bulked up a little bit, moved up to 84. Um, and actually, I remember, like, back to your first, your other question about that first semester, me and McDonough were in the same lifting groups, like, they just throw, you know, young freshmen in with the returning national champ, and, you know, we're working out together, and, um, you know, you just get, get to know those guys that are, you know, so much older, and kind of like, like a little wide-eyed being like rubbing elbows with someone like that that I've looked up to for a number of years through high school um but then kind of my path into the lineup I went up to 84 uh we went to Midlands four of us red four true freshmen so me Clark Brooks uh went we're the only ones that went to Midlands my freshman year we took my truck uh we broke down on the way home uh we spent like we went like 20 miles we couldn't go faster than 20 miles an hour on the side of the interstate at like 2 a.m because you know the red shirts can't travel with anybody so it's just us uh ended up calling my grandma uh at like 2 a.m she lives in the quad cities they're like hey can we sleep on your couch our truck's broken and so she she let she's like yeah come on over made us breakfast in the morning and then uh someone had to come and pick us up from the quad cities the next day and we had to get back for workout on sunday or whatever day it was um and then going forward uh redshirt that year uh then i was behind so i was at 84 me and sam brooks both in the same class both at 84 um i think we kind of knew one of us would go to 74 since there wasn't really anyone else there um i was a little smaller than brooks and i i cut weight pretty well um and i was like yeah like that's a good spot for me so i ended up uh, going down for midlands my second year down was first time down at 74 placed at midlands for the first time um was behind Mike Evans for three years. Um, so he was, you know, ended up being a three-time All-American. Um, and then I was like, I was the backup for 74. Uh, and then once Brooks got into lineup, I was the backup for 74, 84, 97. So I wrestled all three weights at some point in college. Dang. Um, just backing up Evans. I was like, we can travel with 13. So I was always, I traveled to every meet, pretended like got ready like I was going to wrestle was on weight ready to go every match and I think that's one of the biggest things that prepared me when I did have the opportunity once Evans graduated I was able to step in right away my junior year uh have some success uh being an all-american as a junior um as well as uh, a couple times as a sophomore Evans was banged up or he had the flu or something so I wrestled like three or four duels as a sophomore be like three top top 10 ranked guys uh you know as a backup Wow. Um, so there's really good learning experience. I watched Evans just be an absolute professional at, you know, how he gets ready to go, um, what he's about, how he goes about his business and just learn everything that I could from him. He was very good to me. Uh, consider him a really good friend and uh, just learned so much from him. And, you know, as a young guy, I definitely took some beatings from him. But, you know, as I got older, definitely closed that gap and started to, um, you know, kind of come into my own and be ready to start as a junior. And so you were making weight like as if you were wrestling the first two to three years though, before you even got in the lineup. Dang, yeah. that is a, that's Every commitment. Time. I mean that you got to know brands was just loving that. And, and, but I mean, the reality is that you could have stepped in at any minute. I mean, look at all the injuries that happened this year to the Hawks, you know, so you were yeah, ready exactly. as if, yep. as if it was going to happen. Yeah, like even soft, sophomore year, big times at Ohio State, he's like, you got to be ready to go until they step on the scale. So I was like, okay, I weigh 174 until they step on the scale. And then 
can eat up and don't have to make weight anymore, but you know, right. always ready. Um, one, one time I did have to step in. So, uh, national duels, uh, my sophomore year, Evans was at 74 Brooks was at 84 Brooks got hurt wrestling Gabe Dean the first day. Um, I weighed in 74 the first day we knew Brooks wasn't going to go the second day. I had to go back to weigh in at 74, knowing that I was going to bump up to wrestle 84 for that second day of the tournament. (laughs) I was like, that's the dumbest rule I've ever heard in my life. But since I made 74 on Saturday, I had to make it on Sunday too. So I was that a pretty hard pull for you? Could be. Yeah. Especially those two days, like a whole day of, you know, eating and drinking, like you're going to wrestle, but you never do. You don't, you know, sweat off all that stuff. So it was a, it was a pretty big pull that night and I tended to get pretty big for those two day tournaments. I just, I could, I recovered really quickly. I was able to cut a lot of weight, could recover really quickly. And I don't think, you know, never had any gas tank issues and stuff like that. So bumped up to 84, wrestled one of my best friends, Willie Nicholas in the national dual finals. So weighing 74, so giving up some weight. Man, that is a always ready next man up mentality. And when you're when you're at the national tournament going through those that three days, like how how much are are you getting over like on like a Thursday night or like a Friday night after a full day of wrestling? Like your junior year when you when you lost the first one and came back to All American, is that like you're six over or it's more like ten to twelve over? Uh for some reason my body always was nine and a half over. No matter what I did, no matter how many <laughs> matches I had, no matter what I ate or drank. I'd, check, I'd step on the scale when I was done with my last match, and I was like always nine and a half over, except oh. one time I was like five, one year at nationals. But you know, Midlands, Big Tens, uh, nationals, it was always nine and a half. So I just put my sweats on and started working and got off a couple hours and ready to go in the morning. Is that one continuous ride, or are you doing it in like a 90 yeah. minute chunk? Oh, that's one ride. Oof. So, so I, yeah, I just would you know, throw on, you know, those black sweats that we, the, the Iowa, uh, warmups and the, they just, they're kind of the right material. You just keep sweating the, the golds underneath the put up, uh, just kind of bike jog, just kind of sit and you just keep sweating and sweating and sweating. And, you know, super easy work. It just takes a little while, but yeah, I think, I think the only, so there's only two times weight I ever had a bad weight cut once in high school, once in college, I tried at big tens. I tried to do half at night, half the next morning. And that, that first match against Nate Jackson, uh, I felt my legs were just toast. Ended up getting beat on the backside there, uh, in Carver. So learned from that and went back to my, how I'd done it before and no other issues. I always wondered if, if you guys did like some in the morning or if it was all the night before. Totally depends on the guy. We had some guys on our team, uh, even, you know, in my class, some of, some of us would do half in the morning, half at night. I did all of it at night, woke up on weight in the morning. Um, some guys would warm up before weigh-ins. There's total independence on what was going to make you the best uh, that first match out. So whatever you need to do, get ready. That's something Tom and Terry always says, you know, what, what you need, what, what you need. You know, that was, that was what we did the day before workouts. That was what we did the mornings, the, the mornings of tournaments. We did our warms all totally independent. It was whatever is going to make you wrestle at the best that you can when it's time. Yeah. Now it's a, it seems like it's a, you know, a culture of individual attention. And at that level, you know, you guys all pretty much know what you need. What year was the Mark Hall match? That was my senior year. So that was 2017. 
Dude, that you must get asked about that at least once. I mean, once a week during the season. I mean, I I can't remember a bigger debut. I mean, Mark Hall, an absolute just freak, a legend. I mean, one of the best during that era. And uh, of course, he wrestles you at Carver that first match. You get him. I mean, uh, what memories do you have of that one? Yeah, um, yeah, that's the match like everyone remembers. Um, they don't remember my junior year or other matches, but everyone remembers that match. Uh, what I remember about it is I remember there was like so much lead up to it. Um, like I was getting asked on our media day that week and they're like, you know, what do you think about Mark Hall? And the bigger that it got, the less that I cared about, you know, who it was, who he was supposed to be. Like it, I think that it actually made it better. Like they made it such a big deal. And I was like, I, I literally don't care. I remember giving an interview with one of the newspapers. They're like, you know, what do you think about Mark Hall? uh like potentially wrestling him and i was like uh you know i think he's supposed to be pretty good just as well wrestling he's like the greatest thing since sliced bread um <laughs> uh, like I, I just didn't care who who it was and you know what everyone thought about it um i had an idea i for some reason i knew that he was gonna go um all the lead up to it uh gino morelli was the other guy that they were working with that year um and then i think I don't remember who if they both weighed in or just Hall weighed in, but Morelli never like taped up his shoes or tied his shoes. And I was like, Mark Hall's going like that. That's, that's fine. I don't. Yeah. I don't care. So now is uh is is Coach Brand Tom Brands? It's someone. He's someone who comes up to you before a match and, and says something, or like what what was his routine with you? Kind of like in the fifteen minutes before a match started. Yeah. So my routine was I was one seventy four, so we had intermission eight sixty five, and then I would go. Um, I would go up back, back up to the room, put my singlet and, uh, tie my shoes and stuff like that. Usually at 49, uh, went up there, uh, had a partner I always worked out with, got, you know, a short little five minutes or so, a few shots, a few sprints, just spike that heart rate, get ready to go. Went down when 60, so everyone came up at intermission, went back down at start of 65, sat in the tunnel. Uh, ready to go. Um, I wasn't someone that needed a big pep talk. Uh, so, you know, they just kind of left me uh, on my own. They knew I was ready to go. Uh, I knew that they were there if I needed anything. Um, I'd walk out of the tunnel, give Tom and Terry both a high five, and just ready to go. Love it, man. Love it. And just, uh, you always want to know what's going on behind the scenes and you know what he, cause like, you know, you're at a, as a, as a high school, you come to Carver and you're like seeing guys on the bench and they don't even have wrestling shoes on. You're like, man, who doesn't have wrestling shoes on? Like these guys are that cool. They're not even, they're warming up in street shoes, you know? And then, you know, you see some guys, uh, having their own routine. So I always wonder what it was. And, uh, it just seems like you had a, a great experience there with, with the brain spurs. And I've heard you speak really highly of them over the years. Absolutely. Yeah, they give us all the independence. To, and it's all about when it's your time. So they don't care what you do as long as when you step on the mat, you're ready to go. And this, uh, you know, we just witnessed the end of a, a another great generation of Hawkeye wrestlers like Kemmerer, Marinelli. Uh, they're done. Lee would have been done. He's coming back. But, you know, they got the, the national title last year, third this year. Are you someone who's still able to keep up with the wrestling or do you uh, are you pretty much focused on what you're doing? Yeah, I absolutely keep up with those guys. You know, I, Kemmerer, Marinelli, those are the, like the last guys I was teammates with. So, you know, they're very good friends of mine. Um, Kemmer lives across the street from me. Uh, Marinelli was in my wedding. Caleb Young was in my wedding. Wow. Uh, their wives were in our wedding. Um, so, you know, 
very close contact with all those guys. Um, my whole family bought season tickets this year for the first time. Um, it's kind of weird, like actually having to buy a ticket to go watch the wrestling match. Um, but very much keep in contact with those guys, watch them, you know, love watching them, uh, do what they do and, you know, feel hurt for some of those guys at the end of the season, not getting what they want, but, um, I think, you know, they're excellent, excellent guys. Grateful to get to know them and be teammates with them and hopefully get to continue to watch them even from North Carolina. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, yeah, I mean, someone like camera, I mean, God just seems like everything you hear about him, one of the best dudes and obviously an amazing wrestler. We're excited to see what those guys do afterwards. And, and we'll just wind down with this. I know, you know, you spent, <clears throat> you know, uh, five years wrestling, four years in med school. What are some of the parallels you saw between like succeeding in medical school and then succeeding in wrestling? Yeah. Um, I think the biggest, there are three things that I really took from my wrestling career. That's so applicable to really anything outside of, athletics but particularly medical school uh being accountable for your actions so in wrestling you know there's it's just you versus the other guy there's no one else to take the blame or the credit for the outcome of the match and at the end of the day you have to be able to look in the mirror and be like you know did I prepare the best that I could um and did I perform the best that I could in those seven minutes um the other one was independence you know going through the program and having so much independence on what I needed to do to become the best wrestler and um making those decisions and giving, not being micromanaged and uh, has really helped me in medical school coming up with a plan. And, you know, this is how I'm going to attack this problem and go about it. And then the third one is uh, willingness to prepare, um, you know, wrestling so much about preparation. You do so much, so many hours of work for seven minutes of uh, wrestling. And uh, that's where, you know, all the work is done is before. So learning how to prepare, uh, loving that preparation. I think that's something that's really helped through medical school making uh, study plans and, you know, where about really evaluating where am I at, where do I want to go and how am I going to get there? So like those three things just really set you up for success. And I, I think going through the IO program uniquely uh, emphasize some of those. And uh, I don't think I'd have the success that I have had if I wasn't an athlete and especially wrestled at the university of Iowa for Tom and Terry. I love it, man. Well, you're, uh, you're making us wrestlers proud and we wish you nothing but the best and, uh, look forward to circling back with you in a few years when you're wrapping up with Duke, man. It's been a real honor to have you on the show. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Take care, brother. Thank you so much for listening to wrestling changed my life. This episode was brought to you by Spartan combat. You can register now for the Spartan nationals taking place April 8th through the 10th at SpartanCombat.com. to keep up with wrestling changed my life on social media. Follow us on Instagram at Wrestling Change My Life. You can also go to WrestlingChangeMyLife.com for all past episodes. That's it, and we'll see you next time.